Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Ambassadors Forum radio show here on True Talk 800 AM, KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to answer life's hard questions the same way Jesus would. Romans chapter 12 puts it in these terms. We are not to follow the world's fallen ways, where facts and data can often be misinterpreted and manipulated to fit a narrative that attacks God, where the false worship of things like secular humanism and scientism mistakenly exalt people as judge over God. No, we are here to be transformed into the men and women that God created us to be by changing the way we think. Let me say that again. By changing the way we think. That phrase is a direct quote of Romans chapter 12, verse 2 in the New Living Translation. If we do that, if we change the way we think, the Bible says we will be able to understand what God is calling us to do and how he wants us to act in a way that is good and pleasing to him, helpful and healing to our neighbors, and ultimately fulfilling to ourselves. In today's world, I might summarize all of that in this way. Let's strive to use the Bible and our brain and muster up just a little bit of bravado to make this truth known. Now, to those of you who may be asking yourselves, why do we need an apologetics ministry anyways? And why in the world would they need to be on the radio? Let me share the following troubling reality with you. Unfortunately, study after study has consistently shown that the church today is seeing young people leave the faith in record numbers. And not just young people, but folks of all ages. There are lots of great sites sharing these published reports. But one of my favorites is from Jay Warner Wallace, who runs an apologetics ministry called Cold Case Christianity. He's an active cold case detective in the Los Angeles area, and his content is excellent. We'll leave a specific link called Why Ex-Christians Are Ex-Christians on our webpage under the radio tab. It provides an excellent analysis of this situation and even some helpful suggestions of what to do about it. For many of those young people who are ex-Christians, their reason is simple. They're just not getting good answers from their church to their difficult questions. And we want to do our part to change that. Here at the Ambassadors Forum, we believe the Bible is sufficient to answer all of our questions. And not only that, and this is crucial for us to understand, but we believe that God wants us to ask our questions. You see, the Bible condemns a blind faith. Over and over, it calls us to examine ourselves to weigh the evidence in front of us, and to abandon weak logic and false assumptions. 
and we think it is time to get back to our roots and recover what it means to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. Before we launch into our questions for the day, I wanted to take just a moment and explain a little bit about what our ministry, the Ambassadors Forum, is all about. Last week, I gave a little background about what motivated us to start an apologetics ministry here in the Portland area. This week, I wanted to explain our ministry tagline, Make God Known As He Is. This wording comes directly from Scripture. God is a revelatory God. That is, He chooses to reveal Himself his truth, his gospel, his way of salvation, clearly to everyone. This theme is repeated throughout Scripture. One of my favorite places is in Exodus chapter 6. God has revealed himself to Moses and given him his name, Yahweh, and he's getting ready to send him to Pharaoh. And he says in Exodus chapter 6, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, Yahweh, I did not make myself fully known to them. So a few chapters back, in chapter 3, he said to Moses, Moses, I want you to know my name. My name, which represents my character, who I am. He said, my name is Yahweh, Jehovah. I am. I always have been. I am today, and I always will be. Part of who God is in, is this transcendent nature. God is outside of our universe. He's not a piece of our universe. He's not a part of what the created world and the created universe. He stands outside of that. That's what his name means. And that's because God wants a relationship with us. He wants us to know him the way that he knows us. And because it is God's will to be made known to his people, here at the Ambassadors Forum, that is our vision. By tearing down the false arguments against God, by constructing a logical and consistent worldview based on the Bible, by planting seeds of the hope of Christ to a dying world, and by humbly, graciously, compassionately reaching out to those who are yet to understand God's amazing offer of salvation, we want to make God known. And the second part of that tagline, as he is, comes from 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. It, it talks about... Because our eyes and our hearts are blurred by sin, we can't fully see God as he is. But it talks about a future time when he's completely, fully revealed himself to us. And it says, then we shall see God as he is. There, there's a lot of ministries out there that say, we're here to make God known. We're here to make God known as we think he might be. We're here to make God known as we want him to be. We want, we're here to make God known as fits into our worldview and our narrative and the image that we've created him to be. 
we stand against that. We say we want to make God known as he is, as he really is, as the Bible describes him to be. I want to try and give you a tangible illustration of this from my own family. So those of you who know us well, you may notice a few strange things about us. Okay, maybe there's a lot of strange (laughs) things about us. But one of the things that people usually notice is that my kids don't call me dad. They call me Abba. And, you know, so people around us and my kids will say, hey, Abba, uh, you know, can I do this? Or, hey, Abba, what do you think about that? And a lot of people are like, Abba? Like, what's that all about? And from a very early age, I was, you know, trying to be a dad. And for those of you who are parents, you know, you don't get an owner's manual. You don't get a a certification. You're just kind of thrown into this. And you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm... I was crying out to God one day being like, God, I just have no idea how to be a good dad and um, I need help. And so one of the desires of my heart as a dad was to teach my kids about God. And I was like, God, help me do that. You are such a big, awesome, creative, unbelievable God. How do I teach my kids about who you are? And he led me to a verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, in the King James Version. It says, But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And throughout Scripture, God explains this concept that he calls us into his family in a process similar to adoption, where by birth we are not his children, but by adoption, and we call him not, oh, exalted God, far away that we can't know. We call him a very close and personal title of Abba, Abba, Father. Abba is a Hebrew word that means daddy, and so my fiance was teaching at a preschool in Boston. I was going to school there, and she taught a Jewish preschool. But the kids, at the end of the day, they would come in, and they would see their dad, and they'd run up to him, and they'd say, Abba, Abba, Abba. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's what kids affectionately call their dad in the Jewish culture, in the Hebrew language, is Abba, the same way that we would say daddy. And so I felt like God showed me and said, if you call, have your kids call you Abba, that will help them kind of get this picture of me as God their father. And so in a way, you're going to be teaching them and training them, even from a very, very early age, that you, like their Abba on earth, I'm their Abba in heaven. And so I can't remember if the kids were one or two, but I started explaining to them, you have two dads. You have a dad here on earth, that's me, and you call me Abba, but you also have a dad in heaven, that's God, and you call him Abba as well. And so it was a simple way for me to illustrate this concept, which is to make God known. 
Now, for those of you who are thinking out there, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. Maybe I'll try that. Let me give you a warning. (laughs) It comes with a lot of conviction and responsibility when your kids call you Abba. And so in one way, it kind of helped them understand, okay, the concept of God as father. But to me, it was very convicting because if you're like me, you make a lot of mistakes. And I fail a lot, especially as a dad. And so having the kids call me Abba had this unintended consequence of reminding me Oh my goodness, I am not living up to this standard, this example of who I'm supposed to be, this person that I'm supposed to reflect. And so that gave me another teaching opportunity as well when I said, you know what, guys, I fail a lot as your earthly Abba, but thank goodness that your heavenly Abba will never fail you. If you're just now joining us, my name is Roy Swart. You're listening to the Ambassadors Forum radio show, where we try to help equip you to be able to answer life's hard questions the same way Jesus would. You can find out more about our ministry at theambassadorsforum.com, theambassadorsforum.com. So let's get to your questions for this week. Question number one, why would God allow the coronavirus now, this is a great question. Uh, it's, it's similar to a more general question, which is, why would a good God allow suffering? Or even a more general question, why would God allow evil? Now, for that super general question, why would God allow evil, the argument goes something like this. If God is all-powerful and all-good then why wouldn't he eliminate terrible stuff like evil? Now, a lot of apologists have already covered this very general question ad nauseum. If you Google uh, Greg Kokel or C.S. Lewis and the problem of evil, there's a lot of great content already available for this. So I'm not going to answer the very general question of how could a good God allow evil. But I'm going to focus in on why would a good God allow suffering? And the coronavirus would be an example. So the Bible talks about four different possible causes of suffering. Number one, some suffering can be the natural consequence of people's free will. So an example of this is violence. If God gives people free will, which he does, he doesn't want us to just be robots, he wants to give us the choice to love him, which also gives us the choice to reject him, it gives us the choice to obey him, but it also gives us the choice to disobey him, so therefore we could act violently, and we could act violently towards other people, and so sometimes when people choose to act violently against other people, that causes great suffering. Now, a second possibility is that some suffering can be a result of God's judgment. An example of this would be war. In the Old Testament, God describes several nations that had degraded to the point that they were actually sacrificing their own children as a way to worship their God. This is horrible, horrendous to even think about. 
So in situations like this, God might rise, raise up another nation and come against that nation who's sacrificing their children in an act of war as a way to judge that nation and these horrible atrocities that would be happening. And so that obviously could cause great suffering. A third option is that some suffering can be a result of the sinful fall of mankind. When Adam and Eve sinned, there was judgment on them personally for their sin. But another thing happened that's very fascinating. The world itself came under judgment because of their sin and our sin. Even the world was cursed. An example of those kinds of things might be just natural disasters, disease. A lot of the fallen nature of the world can cause, again, great suffering. And a fourth option is that some suffering, it's really impossible to trace back to a root cause. We just can't pinpoint exactly what's going on. And I would say for the coronavirus, I just don't think we have enough data and information about its origins, its source, where it came from, to be able to determine exactly which of these options best describe it. Maybe it's a combination of several of them. Maybe it's a combination of all of them. But the important thing to remember here is, even if we can't know exactly why God will allow the coronavirus, we know that the Christian worldview gives a very different answer than all the other worldviews. As opposed to other world religions, such as Buddhism, for example, Christianity never seeks the total elimination of suffering as one of its goals. It's just not realistic. Instead, as Christians, we strive to see and accept God's purposes through the suffering. Let me let the Bible speak for itself. There's two Bible verses in particular that I think can give us some understanding and especially some comfort in times where we experience suffering. The first one is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. He is our merciful Father and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our suffering so that we may be able to comfort others in all their suffering, as we ourselves have been comforted by God. And the second one is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 and 21. If anyone endures the pain of unjust suffering, because he is conscious of God, this is to be commended. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. Even though we may not be able to know exactly why we are in this present time of suffering, God has given us an example. He has borne this burden with us and says, I know what you're going through. I have felt the pain of unjust suffering. Question number two from our website is, where is God when I'm afraid? This is another great question, especially in today's world of pandemic and race riots and wildfires here in the Northwest. 
there are a lot of very real and frightening things out there. It's not exactly a classical apologetics question dealing with the existence of God or the problem of evil or the nature of truth. It's more of a personal pastoral question, but it's a great question nonetheless, so let's answer it. I would say that fear is a common part of our lives. Everyone can relate to this question because everyone at some point or another has been afraid. So, where is God when we're afraid? The Lord gives us an answer in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. He says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God never promises us that there won't be things to be afraid of. Let me say that again. God never promises that there won't be things to be afraid of. If you've been told that, (laughs) you've been told a lie. It's a very dangerous lie because it sets up a false expectation of what our lives should look like and who God is. What God does promise is to be with us in these difficult circumstances. Nobody knew this better than King David. And many of his psalms profess a deep heartache and genuine fear about his circumstances. But they always end with a peace and a confidence that God will be there with him. In Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4, David says, When I am afraid... I will put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? Let me finish with a few things I think the Bible suggests that we should do when we are afraid. Number one, acknowledge it. Acknowledge your fear and confess it to the Lord. Be honest with him like David is. Number two, Remember that God has been faithful to us in the past and give him thanks for that. And number three, focus on God rather than your circumstances by something that reminds us of his attributes. Things like the fact that he is everywhere, that he is all-knowing, all-powerful, and sovereign. A great place to do this is in the Psalms. And when we can find verses that particularly express how we feel in that moment, we can pray them to the Lord. This is kind of a cool thing, but this is what Jesus did. He had great words of comfort for his disciples in the 14th chapter of the book of John. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So there is a beauty in the contrast and the tension. We can be afraid without being fearful. We can acknowledge that there are things to be afraid of and yet have the peace and the comfort to trust in God. Well, we are out of time for this episode of the Ambassadors Forum radio show. 
But let me wrap it up with a few closing thoughts. I love our culture here in the Pacific Northwest. It's gritty. It's direct. But above all, it is real. And to be perfectly honest, it can be a pretty hard place to be a Christian. It's not always an environment that is friendly to our Christian faith. But I want to encourage you. People here value authenticity. Bottom line, they want to engage with us. They want to hear what we believe, especially if we have a good reason for why we believe it. So give it a shot. Think through what you believe. Know why you believe it. And above all else, for the love of God, people, listen more than you speak. And you will be surprised at the wonderful conversations you have and the beautiful people that you'll meet. Now, how about you? Where are you with the Lord today? What hard questions are you struggling with? The Bible has the answers. In fact, it has the answer to the hard question that you are struggling with right now. You can do this. And the Ambassadors Forum is here to help you get started. Go to our website at theambassadorsforum.com. That's theambassadorsforum.com. While you're there, you can look at some of the questions that we've already answered. You can ask us your hard question. You can sign up to receive our monthly newsletter. You can browse through some of our helpful resources. Make sure to follow us on Facebook. Sign up for one of our monthly forum events where we have great speakers presenting on relevant topics and great Q&A at the end. And lastly, you can sign up to attend our annual West Coast Apologetics Conference coming in October 23rd and 24th. For the exact times and all the details on the speakers and topics and to learn about some of the fun activities we're cooking up, please visit our website, theambassadorsforum.com. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.